There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Merry Christmas. There, I said it. It's, it's after Thanksgiving. I think we're officially into that time where we can say Merry Christmas. Hope everyone had a blessed Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, I hope you had some safe travels. Hopefully you had some great time with some family, great time with friends. If you're doing a Friendsgiving, just know that you are loved and that you are appreciated and that you are in the right place because you're listening to this or you're watching this. And so you're in the right place to be able to get some motivation and some inspiration at the end of 2018, which brings us to our advice for a better life in that... If y'all thought that the last 11 months went by quick, this next like 30, 35 days of 2018 is going to blow by. So my advice for a better life, be patient and be kind. Everyone in this year, at this point, is incredibly stressed. I can guarantee you they're trying to get gifts, they're trying to get their decorations up, figuring out what food to bring to holiday parties. Raise your hand if you're stressed. That's right, my hand is raised right now and you are not alone. Everyone else in this room, I saw their hands go up as well. You couldn't see them, their hands were up. So be patient. Things might take a little while. USPS is shipping thousands of packages every single hour. Things are gonna take a little time. Your waitress that is serving you, having to deal with so many other customers, just be patient and go along with that, be kind. Because at this time of year, when everyone's stressed out, when everyone's running out of patience, the way to counteract that is to be kind. You don't know what people are going through. You never know the struggles that people are going through. So just show a little bit of love, show a little bit of kindness, and it will go a long way. Today's guest certainly is, you know, a phenomenal actress. And she is, you know, one of the one of the stars of Last Man Standing, which is incredibly still going. Seven seasons. It's a phenomenal show. She also is going to be in season seven, was on season six of Orange is the New Black, and started on several other shows as well. So grateful to have her in here to be able to maybe talk about some holidays, be able to talk about her acting career. Certainly give a warm welcome, Amanda Fuller. Hi. Merry Christmas. Merry is it, Christmas so I feel like Last Man Standing, is it, is it Merry Christmas? Is it Happy Holidays? That seems like a Merry Christmas it's show. a Merry Christmas show. It's a, it's oh, a yeah. <laughs> we do the, the the Christmas songs and everything. I think we've done a Christmas song for the Christmas episode three times now. Wow. So yeah, we, we yeah. Is it like that on Christmas. set too? Does that carry over off camera? I mean, Christmas is infectious, right? You mm-hmm. can't be around yeah. Christmas decorations mm-hmm. and not feel the Christmas spirit. So yes, of course. It was actually really strange this year because we started the Christmas episode on Halloween. So we oh, showed you started up to work like, on, oh, you ha- started on the taping. yeah, like okay. our, our table read day for the Christmas episode was on Halloween, and so um, we were all a little confused that day. <laughs> we we're like, wait, we came to be, and then now it's just pine trees, and which is amazing, <laughs> but we're not, you know, your brain hadn't transitioned to that yet. Um, but then, like the the next day, we were all just like, okay, now it's Christmas time. I guess we're skipping over Thanksgiving this year. It's great. Seven yeah. seasons. I mean, that's amazing. And yeah. I had it had a, had a little bit of break, and it was yes. you know kind of put aside for a little bit, thankfully brought back. Because, mm-hmm. again, it's, the ratings have never dropped. No. The ratings on that show have, have been... a very loyal fan base. Yeah. What does that mean to be able to have a loyal fan base like that? That is, like, man, we want it back. We can't get enough. It's 
amazing. I mean, I've never really been a part of a show for long enough to be able to feel that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, being on Last Man and and how vocal they were when we, you know, got canceled kind of out of the blue and the support that we got was so phenomenal. And then being a part of Orange, which also has an, like one of the Very most loyal, loyal fan bases of all time, it's been kind of... Phenomenal, just to be a part of uh, a family, a TV family of, in any sort that has so much support and love. It's great. When you guys were dropped, was there hope that it would be brought back? Was, I mean, how much of a shock was that and that process of you know yeah. weeks, months? It was a huge shock because we thought for sure we were going one, at least one, maybe two more seasons okay. because of you know the business aspect of it, the syndication deals, the ratings were so good. Um, and, like, the last episode that we did before we got canceled was, like, a boxing episode. Like, it had nothing, <laughs> there was no arc to it being, like, yeah. the closure of this family show. And mm-hmm. so um, it came out of nowhere, and we were all pretty devastated, I'd say. And then, uh, and then there was talk of it coming back for a few months afterwards. Like, all the networks were mentioning maybe picking it up. And so it kind of strung us along in a way where it wasn't easy to say goodbye. Go, well, we didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Like when we, it was the first season that when we left, we we're like, okay, see you in a few months. Like there was no real goodbye at the end of that season because we thought for sure we'd just be seeing them in a few months. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but then after a few months, uh, it didn't. Nothing happened. And so we, you know, at that point, it kind of sunk in. And then we had to move on, and we did. And and then out of the blue, it comes back, and now it feels like we've never left. You know, now yeah. it feels like we just. There's a lot that could impress you about the all new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Because you're right back into the swing of things. Yeah, Yeah, seven seasons, 22 episodes per season, too. So it's one of the long ones that that goes and just keeps going, which is great for fans. So much fun. Do you guys enjoy enjoy that as well when it's like a a long 22 episode? I want to work every day of my life. So so (laughs) if if we had 50 episode seasons, I would be like, that's not enough. So that's always been how I've felt about about my job. I'm very lucky. So This show, and I want to congratulate you and congratulate everyone else who works in this show because it is so real and authentic, and I think that's what sets it apart. I I started watching a couple of years ago. I was in Colorado with family and my uncle. Are you from Colorado? I'm not. I have a lot of family there, and so I visit there a lot. And I was I was uh, just uh, at my uncle's house, uh, Uncle Bob, and he was watching it. And I was like, "What show is this?" And I started watching, it and I was hooked. Yeah. Because it is just so real. It's so enjoyable to just sit down and be able to just watch. Yeah. Thanks. W- what do you think? What sets this show apart uh, that makes it just people are so loyal want this to to keep going? I think it's one of the. I mean, people watch TV to be entertained, right? Mm-hmm. To escape and all of that, which is. Fantastic! I love that kind of storytelling. But I think we're one of the few sitcoms left, which is an, a dying breed, which is, I think, one of the most fun platforms and, and types of television there are. And also, we represent, like, a real old-fashioned family. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's... You don't really find that anymore. And so it's a show that people can watch with their kids, with their families. It makes you laugh, but it also touches on real things that families go through. It's kind of like the perfect mixed bag of of things that you can relate to but also also get away from your own 
own existence mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, yeah, be able like, to check out a little bit, a little bit, but but in a in a way that's like home. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think people feel like they're going home when they watch the show, mm-hmm. and I think that that's rare these days. And so, um, I think that's what sets us apart, honestly. And that's what I've heard from fans that I've ever seen on the street, and even my own family, who you know, like of course they tune into all the stuff I do, but <laughs> but you know, my brothers who were like, you know, I'm not going to watch a sitcom, and then they watch it, and then they watch it because they love the show and not because their sister's on it anymore. Like it's it's that funny. Like it has it has real issues that families deal with that it reflects. So there's so many aspects to it that I think people feel like really comfortable and they want to come back and watch us every week. Do you watch the show with your family? I do not. You do not. Okay. So you're like, I do not. Yeah, my watch brothers it. watch it. And we... no. I I um I do not watch um hardly anything that I do. I can't. I'm way too insecure. For Why that. is that? Is this just? I just I have uh um. <laughs> I used to like I used to have more confidence I think growing up mm-hmm. and when I was a kid and and it would be fun but um as I've gotten older and more um connected to the craft of it and the storytelling of it it gets me in my head too much mm-hmm. and then it, it's hard, harder for me to trust the process um and I just I pick myself apart like insanely so I can't I can't I just can't go there like I will <laughs> I will go into a deep spiral of depression if I no, see yeah. on TV so yeah because like... because you do analyze you know and it's uh uh one of my favorite quotes in entertainment is a project that never finished it's abandoned because at some point you always are like man yeah. I could do this oh I could do this other thing and, and usually it was after the fact. Usually when it's after all the of the fact. ideas yeah. come. You're like, oh, yeah, wait, yeah. that's how that was. Why didn't I do that? Yeah. Sure. Put it for the next time. Yeah. And it'll be worth it. Yeah. With this show, do you guys think about how much you're, you're driving culture versus reflecting culture? I mean, with how real it is. Yeah. You guys are talking politics, you're talking other sure. things. I mean, I think that's a question for the writers. We mm-hmm. don't have much control, like the yeah. storytelling and stuff. I think when we're, you know, given a script, it the goal is always just to make it as authentic as mm-hmm. we can in the world that we're in. Um, I don't know. It's a really good, good question. I, I think that I feel like reflecting current climate of, of the United States and, and, and families in the United States right now is, is probably its main focus. I don't, I don't think they're trying to push too hard to like mm. change people's minds and stuff. I think it's more of just having an accurate representation that people mm. can relate to. Which again is I think why it's so successful. Yeah, and know it's... that like this is, you know, all we have is family and and mm-hmm. respect and all of that and to be able to talk about such uh difficult things mm-hmm. in that in that realm is really rare and it's you know there's no violence it's you know it's it's a positive way to do that and i think that's really important i think people really love that so well that's one of two families that you're on with tv because i think orange and new but that's a family <laughs> it is right it definitely is. it's a very different family <laughs> <laughs> and with a name like battison too i mean that's just that is it what did you when when they were like here's your here's your role you're gonna be playing the role of battison yeah what was your... Here we go. Like, <laughs> like who knows? What, you know, they don't tell you anything going into it. That's basically all I had is that information and that she was from Boston and that she was kind of a hard ass. And, um, but that's it. You know, I think they're still trying to figure it out when they bring mm-hmm. out a new character, too. So, yeah, you just kind of dive in. Like, with a, char- with a name of a character that... <laughs> I mean, look at this picture. Unique. Well, look at oh, the gosh. Pic- I think that is just the... So that's you're making the, the me look emphasis. at myself right now, which is not, <laughs> this is not a part of the plan. No, yeah, that's, yeah, there she is. There's Madison. What can we expect for season seven? I can't tell you that. You can't give us, no. have you, has filming started? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
And we're we're like on the tightest, like they, especially because okay. it's the final season. Yeah. So you know they're all being very very <laughs> like we we don't know episode to episode what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's it's all a surprise for us. Um, I know what we shot so far, but I can't. Yeah. I would get in so well. Much I trouble. mean, this, this <laughs> show is it's very you know hard and hard knocks a little bit certainly, especially with your character. Is it is the final season going to be emotional? Are you able? To, I mean, is it like? I think definitely. I mean, it, it, the show. What I love about the show, and I always have from the beginning, is the the way that they deal with such challenging issues but also includes so much humor mm-hmm. and um, I don't think that will be taken away I think it will always mm-hmm. have that kind of humor but yeah I mean it's the closure of this family which not only the people do like playing these people and being a part of like that in home mm-hmm. family uh, is important to them but the fan base is so connected and committed to all the characters and storylines, and I think that they know that, and they're going to definitely respect that. So, yeah, I th- the I most emotional season yet. Emotional. I would think, I would say yes. I would say definitely <laughs> yes. Yeah. Has it been on set? Has it has it been the realization that it's the last episode? I mean, for characters off screen of realizing this is the last go to just be able to put everything in it. Yeah, I think that that that's definitely in the air. Um, I think it's bittersweet for everybody, you know. We, I just came on in the last season, mm-hmm. so it's still new to me. Mm-hmm. But the people that have been there since the beginning, they've been there for seven years. And I think that they are – it feels like they're so incredibly grateful to have been a part of it and, like, changed television in the way that they did. And that's very uh, – like loud, to, like they, that's something that everybody mm-hmm. really knows and is aware of. For sure. Um, but I think that people might be a little bit ready to move on too. So it's, I think there's just, it's a nice, it's a nice like respectful, calm atmosphere of of here we are and let's make this the best we possibly can. Yeah. You know? And hopefully, I mean, it, hopefully for fans because they want to be able to get get closure. I think on things too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We. I mean, I have. I don't know how it's going. I honestly don't even know. I know. know. Yeah. Because so you we'll haven't see. gotten everything yeah. yet. No. Uh, I want to. So we do have a live chat for everyone tuning in on YouTube. We're also available on, on Apple iTunes, uh, and we have people commenting. And so I want to be able to go to Charlene Martin says, "How Aww. difficult was it for you to transition?" From Last Man Standing to the dark character and Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. I mean, to go back and forth. I live for the dark stuff. That's, <laughs> I mean, prior to Last Man Standing, I did um, lots of uh, different television shows, mm-hmm. lots of guest stars and recurring roles on, on numerous television shows. And I usually played, like, the rape victim or the murderer or, you know, like, all the weird, like, character-driven stuff. And so that's kind of where my sweet spot has always been. Last Man was a departure from that. Like, it was kind of hard for me to transition when we started into that world. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what's foreign to me. So to be able to... And then, you know, and then we get really comfortable and it's, it's so much fun and we have the best time. But then... To go back to kind of the dark, um, hard <laughs> storytelling is that was for me that was a huge gift because I was just like mm-hmm. I crave I crave it. That's, and you probably enjoy the challenge too of being able to go yeah. back and forth. Yeah, that's the best part. I love being challenged. So you mentioned bring on more. Give yeah. me all the different. I'll do oh, it all for sure. <laughs> and, and you know I want to be able to dive into that because you're talking about you've been on so many other shows. I mean Law and Order, um, Grey's Anatomy, so many other roles. Yeah. And you've been acting for a while. <laughs> what is your earliest memory of being on a set or acting? On a set um, or acting. Those are two different things. Okay, well, so which is earlier? I mean, I, I started performing and doing theater when I was like three years old. So Three? 
So what yeah, do you remember it was just from a that? Ham. I just I have three older brothers and um, I just wanted to be on stage and my parents did not know what to do with me and so they put me in dance and like one thing led to another. I started doing theater and whatnot. Um, they put me in pageants for a little while, which my parents were not into, but I was just like hungry for the audience. Like I just mm-hmm. wanted more the whole time. And so um, I ended up getting an agent when I was like, I think seven or eight. And the first film I auditioned for, I got, it was Tales of the City, which is with Laura Lenny and Olympia Dukakis mm-hmm. and Paul Dooley and like all yeah. of these incredible legends. Um, Did you realize the, they were legends at that at seven? No, I was no. no just... I, I was just like, there's cameras and we're in San Francisco <laughs> and and I get to be in a costume and this is the best thing. You know, it was the best thing ever. Um, now I look back at the photos from that time and it's it blows my mind. Like sitting in a director's chair with Paul Dooley and it's just, yeah. It's there it's amazing but um and that was before Laura Linney was Laura Linney like I think it was what kind of set her off mm-hmm. so but that was yeah so I have memories of of that set for sure and being just having like a blast just having mm-hmm. the best time how much of your you know young years you know you're seven or eight how much of that is you making the decisions and saying going out for things or your parents pushing you or is it a my parents um, were the opposite of stage parents so be- okay. my my dad's a retired chief of police he's a police officer he's worked in law enforcement his whole life mm-hmm. and um, he's a vet and all of that and my mom was a costume designer um, but she was like a fashion designer stay at home mom when I started acting um, and I've thrilled brothers so their focus was just to try and support whatever it is their children wanted to do and unfortunately for them I wanted to be a star um so and I was I was a precocious kid like I was going up to every single person wanting to know their life story wanting to perform for them like I had no I've changed quite a bit. I have a lot of insecurity now. But back then, I had no insecurity whatsoever. I was the most confident thing in the world. So it, I just kept driving it for them. Like, they they would check in with me all the time and be like, are you still happy? Are you Because, st-? you know, because it's hard. Like, I would, as much mm-hmm. as I was lucky enough to start working at a young age, with that comes a ton of rejection. And so there were lots of, most most of the days were harder than the fun ones where you actually get to work. Yep. And so they would constantly check in with me and make sure that I was still, like, happy. I still had to get straight A's, straight A's at school in order to do it and all that. Um, but I, I never wanted to – I mean, there were times where I would want to take a break or whatever because I would be set on a part and then I wouldn't get it and it would be my whole world would crash. And, you know, when you're young enough where you can't really – have the perspective to uh, make sense of what that means. And it's hard to see the big picture at that age. Yeah. I just wanted to do the work and be on set. When I, when I first arrived on set, when I was eight, I, it was home to me. Like that was, that was where I'd always felt like I needed to be, I think, which is an odd thing to say, but it's true. And to this day, it's the same thing. So as much as I would go like maybe a day or two going, I'm never doing this again. It's too hard. (laughs) Like I would just immediately go back to like, what's the next thing? Oh, there's another project that I could, you know? So, um, I, I, didn't have much luck in, in ever getting too far away from it. But. Was there a, a line of trying not to burn out? Because is that a challenge for when you're acting that young of not burning out, of not doing too much too fast and saying, mm-hmm. all, all right, I'm just, I, I've reached my, my limit? Not for me. Okay. I mean, it was, I always want more. I've always wanted more. So, you know, I, I would, I mean, I would go on auditions after school and then I would get home from auditions at like 8 p.m. and then I would start my homework and do my homework till like 2 in the morning and then go to school and like it was like 
I just I was so driven as a young when I was young to, and I'm not that I'm not now, but it's just a different way. It's a more mm-hmm. grounded kind of drive mm-hmm. now. Um, but at the time, it was just uh, I would say almost like just greedily wanting to constantly do it, and whatever it took to do that, I I would do it, and it didn't I didn't know anything else, so. Um, I don't know how how I had that much energy because <laughs> I don't anymore. <laughs> but I think it's what got me to have the career I have now. Because if it weren't for that, I wouldn't I wouldn't have persevered. I wouldn't have, and it took that perseverance to get me to be in a place where I can be on two shows at once. I mean, that took. I mean, I've been doing it 25, 30 years, so it took a long time to, you know, lots of people think, oh, overnight success. I feel like there's no such thing. I'm mm-hmm. sure there is for some people, but all the actors I've ever known, all the producers I've ever known, all the writers I've ever known, they work day in and day out to do, to you know, to be in a place where they can do what they love. And it's tireless and, and it takes a ton of commitment, but, um, but it's worth it, you know. How much do you look back on that foundation of being grateful that you put in the hours? Uh, every day. I mean, I think it, 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 it made me who I am. Like, I have a thick it's funny because I, I I'm so like fragile and, <laughs> and sensitive but at the same time like I have this strength because mm-hmm. of all of those years that mm-hmm. that makes it so that I will never stop and and no no is ever going to be the no that 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 ends my my desire to to do better and to do more um and to be a better actor or writer and all of those things and person. And, and I learned so much from the characters that I do and, and that helps too. But I think, I think if it weren't for that, like day in and day out when I was young, I wouldn't be strong enough. You know, it kind of creates this, this backbone, if mm-hmm. you will, that is um, indestructible. Do so. you laugh when people say overnight success? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's just, there's nothing further from the truth. <laughs> Nothing for the, for me, at yeah. least. Yeah, there's absolutely no. I mean, it was if I could, if I could I could never count the amount of auditions that I've been on. Like it's probably in the hundreds of thousands. To be to be perfectly, wow. like truthfully honest, like when you're doing three or four auditions a day since you're eight years old. I mean, it slowed down when you're older, but mm-hmm. when you're when you're a young kid, like it's that it's that much. Like you're running from one part of town to the next part of town and and so i i i wish that we had tallied them because i think that would be a really fun statistic to have but um and what's the success yeah. rate on auditions five percent maybe if you're maybe. lucky if you're lucky yeah. if you're me which mm-hmm. is lucky like i i've consistently worked my whole life i've gone up to six months without working but i was one of the lucky ones that that's kind of the longest mm-hmm. it's ever been for me and even with that success rate I would say it's maybe 5%. Which is incredible that 5% stuff. is like, oh, I'm so lucky. Yeah. 5%. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really it is incredible. It's truly incredible, I think. What I think anybody it? that keeps doing it is um sprongger than you'll ever know. What is the 6 what was the 6 months? Oh, I, I was sporadically. Yeah, like I mean, up until last man, I would like I would do all these guest stars mm-hmm. and recurrings mm-hmm. and those would come Either I would do a few in a row or I would go six mm-hmm. months without working and be like, I'm never going to work again and nobody wants to hire me. And then I would and I would be living off residuals, you mm-hmm. know, and, and pretty broke because they don't pay that much. But, you know, scraping by and then um, and then something, lo and behold, would would come along. It got to the point where I was in my 20s and I stopped worrying. Like I got to the point where I was like, OK, God's provided like every time that I felt like it was the end. And even even when it, it feels like it's gone on way too long, like something always comes and it's meant to be. So as long as I keep showing up and I keep doing the work, 
then I'll be mm-hmm. met with that somehow. And and whatever form it comes in is who knows, you know, that <laughs> sometimes it's surprising, sometimes it's nothing like what you want or thought that you would want, but then it ends up being the best thing that ever happened to you. I mean, it comes in so many different forms and that part you just have to trust and like let go, you know. It seems like yeah, you know, when they, when things happen it's like a long break and then like a blip. And yeah. I mean, as you said, if you knew over 25, 30 years, do you have a secret of how to manage that up and down to not be really high, to not be really low? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you just, like, it's day in, day out. You know, I think a support system Mm -hmm. is so important. It took me a very long time to get the support system that I have today, especially in Hollywood. I'm not really a Hollywood type. I'm not, I've never really felt comfortable here. Um, I'm not a partier. I don't like, I'm not very social. You know, I I like to be at home and watching movies with people that are closest to me Mm -hmm. with my pups. And, um, and so I never really could find it was hard for me to find my niche of that, but through like acting classes and other things that where I would go and focus like what was important to me, like after a while kind of you sift out the people that are really like your soulmates. And, and now I have a support system of friends and family, like chosen, I call them my chosen family and my family that, um, that I know are there no matter what. So during those times, um, it's, you, you lean on them, you know, because they've all been through it in their own way, mm-hmm. too. And if they truly love you, they will help you through it no matter what. Even if that means just, like, eating Haagen-Dazs and, <laughs> and watching, like, horror films and, <laughs> and crying into your ice cream and whatever. Like Favorite that's, flavor it's ice okay. cream? Favorite flavor. I mean, right now we're it? on a fish food kick, but that's <laughs> but that's just that's just. I mean, there's no. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, the the Hagen Dazs, the bars that are dark mm, chocolate. Yeah, over the dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Those are real good. I don't have ice cream that much, I, but <laughs> but um, when I do, I but it's I enjoy. That's it. the secret. If you guys are listening to this, get one thing. That's the secret to get over anything. Yeah, Hagen Dazs. Find advice. <laughs> What, uh, tell me about the audition for Last Man. When it was, I mean, you got the script. Nobody, you never know probably at that point that it's going to be the success that it is. Well, I replaced somebody. Okay. So it had been on for a year when I got the call. They had let her go and then they started casting. And of course, you know, you don't, but so I had done like, over eight pilots that never got picked up in the course of my, like, teenage years and whatnot. So I was, like, my own version of George Clooney, in a way. (laughs) Um, And I was used to, like, doing shows that didn't ever get put on Mm -hmm. air. Um, And then, so this one was nice because I was like, oh, this one's already been on the air. It's been picked up for another season. So I know at least it's going to be on the air. Like, Mm -hmm. it's at least going for this next season, (laughs) um, which would be way more of a success than any any show that I've been a series regular on before. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was weird. I kind of knew it was mine. (laughs) There was something, I've always kind of had this thing. And it, it's not foolproof. There are times where I know that a part's mine and I don't get it. And then it's it's just that's the most shattering thing. But for the most part, I always have – I kind of have a sixth sense when I know that something's just kind of like meant for when me. You, when you go into the room, you're saying that? When you go to audition or like after you audition, you had that feeling? Even beforehand. Okay. Like if when I get certain scripts and – I don't know. I, I don't know. It's weird because the girl that I replaced, I'm nothing like. So it's not like I was like, oh, this I'm another version of this. So mm-hmm. Of course they're going to want me. I just knew that I could be Chris. I just, I just, I felt her in me or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew the casting people. I hadn't seen them for years and years. 
and they brought me in and then um and I thought it went well and I remember leaving and being like yeah this is mine this is gonna happen and then I didn't hear anything for like three months and so I was like, oh, I guess I was wrong. I guess that's not, that's not in my cards. Damn it. I was so <laughs> sure that it was going to happen. Um, and it didn't. And then I got a random call like a few months later. And they were bringing me back to meet with the head of casting for Fox, I believe it was, um, as the callback. Usually you have like, you know, you get put on tape for producers. Mm-hmm. You get brought back to producers. And then, and then like the process goes on from there. You but here was up. like this three-month like nothing and then all of a sudden I was like jumping to meet the head of casting and I thought that's interesting and then it was like a month or two of just rigorous like chemistry reads with Tim and and um uh with other characters in the show and network tests and um just like you know one thing after another after another and uh, it's grueling but the whole time I was I kind of I kind of knew I just mm-hmm. I kind of how many people at that point were still in the running? Do you know? I would say, like, when we were doing the network test, I think, test, I think there were, like, four or five other girls. And wow. then when we did the chemistry read, it was, like, three or four. You know, it, like, dwindles kind of down each step of the process. Um, but it was still, like, a handful of girls. Mm-hmm. Girls that I've known for a long time. Really? You knew them? girls. Girls that were very, very talented and, and for every reason you could think of would totally get the part over over me. But, but I still had this, like, no, it's mine. Mm-hmm. So then it was. And then I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is a reality? Because I got so used to not doing shows that were on the air or, or series regulars mm-hmm. on shows because I... All the guest star stuff. But, um, yeah, so then it was just a new reality that I had to adjust to. And I'll never forget going to, like, that stage for the first day and seeing Tim and seeing the family and and becoming a part of it. And it just, you know, you you walk through the stage and there's the sets and and all the crew and there's just nothing. It's just magic, you know. And I try and remind myself of that as much as I can now because it gets you know it's a routine and you get mm-hmm. like it's your it's, it becomes a day job mm-hmm. a very very fancy day job <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's your every day nonetheless and so there every every day I try and like look up at the rafters and, and see and, and be like oh this is this is what I've always ever wanted you know yeah the worst day on set is still better than the best day by far yeah by far the things that we start to complain about <laughs> so ridiculous. Do you remember who the other girls were? Have they gone on to success, or have they? Who else was in that? Eric, I'm not gonna say. Who no, no, no. But I'm saying. Do you um, still yeah, keep no, up with them? Do you still? I mean, they... I don't, they were none of none of them were like close friends of mine. There okay. were just people that I knew like through being through acting together and like seeing each other at auditions for years, um, or actresses that I admired and looked up to, mm-hmm. and and yeah, they're still working, and you know, they found their next thing, and. And it just wasn't last man for them, you know. And yeah. that's and that's the way you have to get used to that. Like my my best friend is an incredibly talented actress and um, director and all of that. And there's just no, there's never been any competition. But there's no. It's just it's whatever is going to be right for you is right for you, and vice versa. And that's you get used to that if you're in this business. It's not a personal thing. Everything is kind of meant to be. You figure that out mm-hmm. after a while, and so you, it's easier to trust it. But, um, yeah, they're doing good. How, how did you develop that mindset of it's a very competitive business? You know, you're very much, like you are saying, you're against four or five of the girls. Everyone's yeah. competing. But I guess not looking at it as a competition. You're looking at it of your, your competition is yourself? Yes. 
How totally. do you how did you always. get that? Is that something that you've always had, or is that something that is just it just takes time to develop? I don't know. I think I've always had that. I've never not that I've never gotten like envious of of other actors that are doing projects that I want to be doing. Of course, that's mm-hmm. always, um, but that's also that's also a personal thing. It's mm-hmm. why am I not like it's always focused. It's very selfish. <laughs> but you have to be a narcissist to be an actor, apparently. <laughs> um, but uh, I think I mean I've always been very competitive in board games. Mm. Like in board games, I am a nightmare but with acting it's never been I think because I love people do you like, drive people to bankruptcy and monopoly are you that person who's just keep going I didn't say I was good going? at board games oh. I just said I was very competitive and I get very worked up if I'm not doing well so if, you, if you're playing with me you want me to be doing well because otherwise you're not going to have any fun your husband's um, in the room and I'm looking over is he nodding his head over there is he uh... I've gotten better with age I feel like um <laughs> But but I think that com- because one of the reasons I love acting is because it's storytelling and it's it's mm-hmm. giving voice to people who don't have voices. It's a love of humanity. It's a love of people. It's a it's a um, an analyzation of people of characters. And and so when you're up against other people to have a common goal, and because they're doing they want the same thing that you want. They're not the enemy. Like, the enemy is mm-hmm. yourself. Like, you, I've always wanted everyone else to be as successful as I am. Like, we, and, and as and as as I've gotten older and, like, the industry's changed where, like, you can produce your own stuff and make your own stuff and there's all these different platforms, it's become much less competitive, I feel like, because it's not like the studio system anymore, where, and which I wasn't a part of the studio system. But similar, like, old-fashioned kind of industry stuff has has died at this point where now it's, it's – you can all – be a family and work together and, and like, work together. Yeah. Like, do things Encourage together. Encourage one another and, and, and be able to be there for and someone. And actually, like, write stuff together and mm-hmm. perform stuff together. And um, and that brings it to a whole other level of fun, you know, because mm-hmm. then you get to collaborate in a way with people that have like-minded loves and, and interests and, and who are really smart and really hard workers. And, and that's a gift when you can find those people um, amongst the crowd of crazy actors no <laughs> i'm talking about myself yeah no we're all yeah, everyone's crazy to a certain yes, extent that's a, that's an embrace thing you embrace that craziness yes definitely <laughs> as you can see from some of my characters that i play yeah for sure <laughs> what have you learned from your characters in the past you know seven years as Kristen on last man yeah. and the season that you did of orange is the new black what did you what did you learn about yourself during that time when you're playing a character are you Trying to gain things from the character as well as put yourself into the character? Yeah. I mean, it depends on the character. Mm-hmm. Um, Certainly. With Badison, it's been a lot of trying to understand her and not come from a place of, of judgment, um, as is with a lot of the other like indie film and, and character work that I've done. Um, because, in you know, the love of humanity is, is there. It has to be there. And, and in order to play somebody that may not be super likable or may not be leading with their best qualities, like, you have to have a sense of vulnerability there or else I just feel like it doesn't work. Um, Kristen's, Kristen's easy. Like Kristen's, she's an extension of me. And, um, and so that just kind of has always felt very natural and, 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 um, organic and whatnot. But whenever I do the character stuff, it's, it's always a huge learning curve. I mean, I think what the thing that I learned the most when I do that stuff 
Excuse me. Oh, why I'm that's great. Just belch away. Um, this is live television, people. Yeah, that's the beauty, so that's the beauty of it. Cut that out. Uh, sorry, mom and dad. Uh, I try to be proper, but it's not. It doesn't work. Um, that's Madison. That that was a Madison moment. See, she was coming out. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, what I learned the most is like what I'm capable of, because. I don't think I could play Madison. Like, she's terrifying me. You know, like, just the accent alone is terrifying. And given no prep time, and, and, and she's insane. So that it's scary. And, like, Ange, we're so different. Like, I keep saying how insecure I am. It's true. I'm mm-hmm. very, I'm, like, not a confident person. So to be able to, like, play but somebody that like... shows up and doesn't give a shit, yeah. that's a side to me that I don't exercise very often. So um, to, so to, to do that, to commit to that every day, like, that was a huge challenge for me. And... Um, so much fun like to, <laughs> to, sure. to do that, but but terrifying. And so I think the, I mean, I always take away a ton from each character. It depends on the story and all of that. But I think the biggest takeaway is always like, oh, I can do anything I set my mind to. You just gotta, you, know, you just gotta show up. You Did know? you ever take that character home? Was that character ever showed up off set? And you were like, hold on a sec. What what was that? I mean, there are times that my husband might have been like, oh, Madison, huh? Madison's coming out. And I'd be like, no, but that's, I think he just used that to get me to, you know, put me in my place. I don't think that that's actually true. Um, but I mean, the accent would follow me around for sure. Yeah. Like, it became a, a running joke with both of us. We just walk around New York and do this thing. And um, maybe not the smartest thing to do. But, but yeah. <laughs> you mentioned eight pilots that weren't picked up. Yeah, that's a at lot. Least, at least eight. I think I might have lost count. But what, yeah. what is the high low of you're just crossing your fingers every single one? You're just hoping yeah. you, you yeah. don't have any control. No, no. I mean, yeah. I I did a, a pilot with Michael McKeon once, and it, I think it it like got picked up, but then at the last minute got canned. I had a, a plane ticket once to the upfronts, you know, like mm-hmm. when they announced yeah, the new lineup for the sure. new shows. And, um, cause a show that I did had gotten picked up and they, that morning came to my house and were like, sorry, like, we got to take that ticket <laughs> it's back. Not, it's not happening. So it's a roller coaster. Like it's, it's wow. insane. But it, like you said, you're, it's out of your control. You know, there's nothing you can do. You just, you just got to keep praying keep doing what, you know, keep showing up. Were they? Those were all spread out. I'm assuming eight, or were there like yeah? Times I mean, of, there's a pilot season every year, obviously. typically. Yep. Now it's kind of meandered throughout the whole year. It's changing mm-hmm. a little bit with all the new platforms, but it used to be like a three month period, like every year. Um, and you can typically do one, you know, first position, and then after that, people kind of have to borrow you, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I think it was over the course of like eight ish years, and I would I was lucky enough to get one every year, like that, like that, like just to book a pilot is mm-hmm. such a huge deal. And I knew that. So, like, every year the focus was just to book a pilot and to be, wow. to be still be in the game, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that happened. So I was incredibly happy to have that success. But then, of course, you want it to be the next big hit. And, um, and when it's not, that's disappointing. But then you just you come back. You Do know? you look at, like, if one of those would have gotten picked up, it would have changed the course? Oh, my God. And how many of those would I have for you? I have so many. Like, how many roles that I was, like... Yeah, like, if I mean, if any of those shows gotten picked up, who knows what would have happened. I was told when I was, like, 11 years old that I was going to be, like, you know, a famous movie star within three months. Like, that was... 
that was always the the narrative, and mm-hmm. it, it took me maybe ten years to be like, that's not my path. Apparently, like that's not <laughs> what's going to happen. I'm going to keep working, and mm-hmm. and that's great. That's all I really want. So that's important. But um, but yeah, I think any of those would have changed the trajectory. I've also was like neck and neck with. With roles, you know, I, I tested for Big Bang Theory, or not Big Bang Theory, Eight Simple Rules, which which Kaylee was a friend of mine at the time, yeah. and so I was really happy that she got it. And then they um, put me in the show as, like, a guest star because they love me, and that was very kind of them. Mm-hmm. But then she went on to Big You know, it's like any, like, every mm-hmm. step of the journey is going to dictate the next step. But, um, and, you know, I, I, what was, like, another one? Like, Amy Adams always compare myself to because, <laughs> because I was very close in getting the Candy Striper role in wow. Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. And so you think about that, and you're just like, oh, it's an entirely different career, but you, you just have to know that that's not that's your That's not your career. path. Yeah, and that's okay. Like, like and, and you got to make it your own and, and find out a way to, to make it important for you regardless of of what shows up for you, you know? We were talking earlier about, you know, overnight success mm-hmm. and it, how ridiculous it is and that it's it, it the struggle and the grind. And even if, you know, you're, you're like you said, you're, you're getting, you, you can see as half full or half empty of the half full of I'm getting a pilot every year, the half empty sure. of, of course, he's not getting yeah. picked up. And people a lot of times don't know the grind. They don't know the stories of when your back's up against the wall. And do you have, I mean, I'm sure you have several of those stories. Do you have one that comes to mind of like time when you almost, thought about quitting or you thought about you know th- this was a, when I was really in a in a pinch I was really m- yeah yeah I mean there's a few there was a couple independent films that I um would go back and back and back and test for over and over again and and there were you know that that's the that's the film that's gonna put me on the map that kind of thing and then mm-hmm. it turns out those films didn't do very well so it's okay but at the time it feels like everything like like it has to because you put so much importance on it and then when that's taken away it's really scary because not only is it taken away and it's not what you wanted it to be but you're left with nothing you mm-hmm. have to start from ground zero again like sure. it doesn't matter how many credits you have or how many credits you don't have like it's all a timing game it's all it's all um kind of up to God in a way. So, like, it, even though I was lucky to have this resume always and people who, like, friends of mine who aren't working around me would, would be like, oh, but you have all these credits. It doesn't mean I'm guaranteed work. Like, Mm-mm. it's just not how it works. I mean, there was also um, times where you do a project and you put your heart and soul into it and you think it's going to be something that is going to really matter and make a difference and show people what you're capable of. And then nobody sees it, you know, and that's, that's actually, I think been the hardest thing for me. There's a couple films like that, that to this day, I'm like, why, why, how, how are people not this was seeing? so like, good. This is, yeah. Like this is a project that you believe in and like kill yourself over. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one film fashionista that I, I needed like a, a month long like come down after it because it wow. was so intense and it was mm-hmm. such a, a hard project to get through. We shot it in 19 days. I was in every scene. It was insane. But, um, and, and, you know, a handful, it's like a cult hit, like it's at some, some festivals or whatever, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the audience that I, I feel like it deserves. And sometimes that's harder because then you're like, you're doing the work and it's, it, it should be manifesting into, into something mm-hmm. that, that really, 
changes people's lives or like helps make a difference or make some sort of impact and then it doesn't and then you question well why am I doing this if this isn't if if this is the version of of what I want to do that uh, most represents what's important and the reason we do it and it isn't even working then what's the point but then the next project comes along and you're like <laughs> oh maybe this could be you know but so this one yeah what drives you now I mean you've been through all the everything that Everything in your career. What drives you now of like every day you show up to set, every day when you're maybe you're going out for a new role in the future? What drives you? I love the love for it. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I'm also writing now. I'm directing. I love telling. I realize now that it's not just about being in the spotlight and like being on set. And, like ha- like it's it, maybe when I was a kid, it was a different. There was a different reason for me, l- my love for it. Mm-hmm. But as a couple of those indies that I did, like really changed the reason why I love doing this, and that has to do with storytelling and like affecting people's lives. And so I'm doing a lot more um, in more control of it in that way now. We're like actually writing films and trying to get them made myself and stuff like that. And it's just it's the only thing that I want to do mm-hmm. besides be at home in my PJs with my family and, <laughs> Eating <hobby laughs> and watch other cream. people do it you know what <laughs> I mean like that's it's just I don't know it's uh, there is no other option for me what's your definition of success mm. getting through each day <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know getting through each day and and, and believing in yourself and, and trusting um, I guess I don't know. Yeah. No, that and for everyone one. it's different. People hear so- success in society too, and they're like, "Oh, money and wealth and yeah, fame." And not that's, for me, no. no, no, finding some sort of peace in mm-hmm. each day, like especially in a climate and in, in the world where there's so much um, tragedy happening mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like being able to be to reflect and know how lucky you are to be eating and and have food on the plate mm-hmm. and love in your life and and all of that. I think that that's that's the biggest version of success for me, and it's really hard to everything to see all that the time. everything that we take for granted, someone else is wishing for. Yep, that's so, so true. There you go. That's a closing note. I want to be able okay. to, to final fan question as we wrap. What is the favorite character you've played? That's from Dale in the chat. Oh my gosh, favorite <laughs> character! Ah, if I could mishmash every character I've ever played <laughs> and put them into one. I would say that that character. No, I don't know. I can't. You fall in love with every character yeah. that you play. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So absolutely. I take well, them all with me. There you go. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate that. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your openness. And again, Last Man Standing currently on season seven. Go watch this show. Is fantastic. Again, it's so down to earth. It's funny, it's witty, it's real, and it's a great uh, great time, especially if you're going home with families for the holidays. Yeah, perfect. This is a perfect for that. You're in for another musical treat for our Christmas episode. Ooh, very excited (laughs) about that. And certainly then season seven next year of Orange is the New Black, you can check that out. Again, we are live here on YouTube every single Monday. We're also available on Apple Podcasts. We have a lot of following there. Go like, comment, rate, subscribe. We often give uh, shout-outs to those people who write reviews to so be able to get that in. And thank you for everyone who joined us today. If you guys want to be able to follow after the show, you can do that on Twitter at AmandaFuller27, on Twitter, on Instagram at Amanda, a.k.a. Amanda Fuller, <laughs> and certainly at the Popcorn Talking at the Only MC. Thank you guys again for joining us. We'll see you next time. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. 
I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.